Hello and welcome to the Irish NFL Show. My name is Shane Brennan. Thank you very much for joining me for this week's instant reaction. And I literally mean instant reaction because as we're recording this, I think the Seahawks just got a two-point conversion against the Carolina Panthers. Joining me tonight, who has been keeping an eye on all the action around the league, is Brian O'Leary. Brian, it's just another mad week in the NFL. And I think I, I think there's a few places to start uh, than what, what happened uh, between the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos. I was in work, actually, and... There's a stat. There's, I think, there's a there's a Twitter a- account that says what whether a scoreline is unique in the history of the NFL. And never in the history of the NFL has a game gone to the to fifty points. Sorry, seventy points to twenty. Which, of course, the Dolphins won by against the Broncos today. I mean, it's just. Are we talking before we we get on to to the Dolphins' offense, which is obviously incredibly good? Are we seriously talking about the Broncos being in pole position? to draft Caleb Williams next year because the way that they've been playing the last couple of weeks, it, it certainly seems like that. I wouldn't go that far, but it's not it's not looking good. Brandon Williams, a new head coach, comes in with the experience of Sean Payton and I like I would recognize that I would take a little bit of faith in the fact that they played quite well in the other two games. Well I wouldn't say quite well but they played they were in a position to win both games. I mean they gave away a huge lead last week. First game against the Raiders was nipping tuck. But like when we did our show during the week, I was trying to Open a theory as to how the Broncos could navigate a win, and Colin Wright got out of this defense, which was so reliable for large parts of next last season. Sorry, when they were poor, is not the same defense this year. And I mean, it's it's fair to say it's been Colin was on the money. He knows his Broncos inside out. And just to say that, like here we are tonight, and I'm trying to think to myself: Is it because the Dolphins have been so good? Is it because Tua has set the, you know set the ground running this season? Like he was so good in the first game and so far. Last week he was, you know, serviceable. They did what they had to do most of it. But some of the tackling by the Broncos defense tonight, in particular in the red zone, was terrible. Those stats are off the charts. Some of the touchdowns are like three or four yard passes, dump passes off, and guys are going past two or three players if they're not there. It's very worrying if you're if you're a Broncos fan. Maybe there's a glimmer of light in the fact that they're going to play the Bears next week, who just come off a, a roasting of their own in Kansas City, losing forty-one ten. And I mean if. Chiefs keep their prayers in that game. They could have tackled me a lot more. It'd be interesting to see what the Broncos' dynamic in terms of what comes down to the media this week because Colin always calls they're a bit soft on the players they are on the team. They never really expose them too much. But I mean, there's going to be a few tough questions asked this week with, with a new coach and staff coming in. And get to, I know like people will put the Dolphins up there and there was a team potentially in the AFC running to give up 70 points. It's it's terrible. It's like, as you said, in 1966 is the a year, it's, it's unique. We haven't, we don't see scores like this in the NFL. We do see 40 odds, but never 70. Yes, for, uh, uh, 70 points was a record broken since 1966. Incredible scoring by Miami. If I if I have it right here, they had 14 points in the first quarter, 21 in the second, 14 in the third, and 21 in the fourth. It's just remarkably consistent from, from start to finish. I mean, we obviously, as, as you mentioned there, I don't think that the Dolphins, as much as I guess people are talking about them as contenders, uh, for the AFC, I don't really think that they've uh, played maybe a defense that can really match them. But how good is Tua this season? Are we finally seeing, without, apart from all the, the injuries and everything that kind of held them back last year, are we finally seeing the Dolphins playing to their true attacking potential? My only caveat with the Dolphins right now is just, like, whilst we're seeing it more consistently, we saw this early on in the season last year, and we saw the weeks in Rome in particular, I recall the second game when they went into Baltimore they were down by four touchdowns 
and came back and it was lights out type of stuff with to it. And that's what we've seen over the course of maybe two of the three games last week, maybe not so much in, in Foxborough. But they're a serious threat. And next week's a huge one. They're playing Buffalo Bills in the row. You're asking about what defense can step up and, you know, put it up against against his offense next week. Is is it, is it through tests? It's going to be a huge game. And like, okay, it's week four, but it's a significant game within the division. Bearing in mind how hot the, the Bills are, all of a sudden they've got with a, with a kind of a dominant performance in, in Washington tonight. Next week is a, is a big one. Next week you'll get a real true reflection of where the Dolphins are at. Like, you would have thought, oh, you know, with the factor on two row games, with all due respect to the Patriots, they're not at that level. So Bobby Dickman comes as a surprise that the Dolphins won that. The first game against the Chargers, you're always going to have a chance against the Chargers because it's so high scored and they give away a lot of points. And then the Broncos in the way the season starts, Miami always are strong at home in September in the hot weather. Teams struggled always to go on the road there. So next week, big one. It'll be interesting to see how they go next week. Or two, a lot of Dolphins fans are saying, this is what we expected. This is what we thought was coming. If it wasn't for those injuries last year, we would have seen more of this. And where did this team lost a playoff game in the wildcard round with a torturing quarterback in, in Buffalo and nearly pulled off the shock? Serious team there. The head coach seems to have everybody rallied around him. But Banjo's doing a good job on defense as well. So it's very complimentary football at the moment. Can't wait for next week's game. It's going to be huge. Yeah, very much so. In the month of October, they have to travel to Buffalo and travel to Philadelphia, which I think are going to be two. Uh, incredibly tough games and real test as to whether Miami can challenge for the AFC top seed and in speaking of the race to be AFC top seed the Baltimore Ravens who I think have, have really come out uh, fast this year have you know and they're the, uh, quite important yardstick win over the Cincinnati Bengals last week they kind of fell to a surprise overtime loss to the Indianapolis Colts this week um, is this a game that we can we need to read too much into I mean um, Lamar Jackson ran in for two touchdowns but didn't pass for any didn't need up but you know are we are we seeing something like that happening with the Colts or is you know what what happened here I think it's a combination of both I think um, like Colin was rightly called out to the, the, um, the new head coach um, Ben Shiken and, and the effect he's had on the team and they won last week in, in Houston and in the first game against the Jags they were leading going into the fourth quarter lost 31-21 and people made talk that was a little bit more cool. So there's been a great reaction for him. So the Colts are obviously playing a lot more, you know, tougher both offensively and defensively this season with Gus Bradley as defensive coordinator. The first game for the Ravens at home against the Texans in week one, they were sloppy. The score was, for me, wasn't reflective of how well the Texans played in that game. They pulled away late in the fourth quarter. And then people kind of got they carried away, including Bobby yourselves on the show during the week around the fact that they went in and beat the Bengals last week. But, you know, it was pretty evident watching that game last week. Joe Burrow wasn't 100%. He may not play tomorrow night in Monday Night Football's clash against the Rams. And maybe the Ravens are coming back to what people maybe thought they were, which is a really strong team, but not going to have it their own way And in, in the AFC. And like they, they had opportunities to win that game. In particular, the last five minutes, it really felt like a bit of a ding-dong affair. And they got their opportunity with a kick, but it was a 61-yarder. And, and as good as Justin Tucker is, sometimes they're just out of distance from him. There was a there was a flag or non flag in overtime, which was a clear hold on the safe flowers, and that ultimately that would have been a, a force down and would have given them a, a chip shot field off to win the game. So I'm sure they're ruled their loss and reflecting on decisions that they can go their way. But for the Colts to win two games in a row now under a new head coach, two and one, it's it's great for them and it's great in a division where the Jags are playing running into Titans are struggling and they lost again on the road in Cleveland. So why not? Why not the Colts? Why not the Texans to make a run at this year and have this division as wide open as um, it can be come, come November, come December. 
Yeah, I remember the talk, and uh, this is what, what I thought before the season started as well, at the AFC South was effectively the Jags to lose. It was um, that you know, they were, the gap in quality between the Jags and the rest seemed to be uh, quite a distance. But the Jags, before before they head into two weeks now in London, uh, they got a, quite a heavy loss, 37-7 to against the Houston Texans. It seemed like CJ Stroud is finally started starting to feel more comfortable in the Texans team. We know what when you have a, a sort of... A, a highly rated draft quarterback. It takes him a bit of time to fully get used to the league. Are we now seeing CJ Stroud starting to play to the potential that it deserves of a of a number two draft pick? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, what was lost in the, for a lot of people in the defeat last week to the Colts was the fact that he threw for 247 yards there about it. I think two touchdowns. Thank Dell. And we touched on it in our preview preview show during the offseason. If these two guys could build a connection together because they're both coming in as rookies. And that's what's happening. Like Tank Dell had 145 yards um, in re- in receiving yards this evening. He had a, he had a touchdown, a breakout touchdown late in the game when it looked like the Jags were putting the screw back on, on the, the Texans. But a lot of this, for me, was down to the, how poorly the Jags played. In the first half, they were off. There was interceptions. There was fumbles. There was missed field goals. There was a blocked field goal. And even in the second half, there was times when they were driving. And then there was just inexplicable plays, fumbles. It just allowed the Texans... To continue the lead, like Sexton's went in 17 0 by half time. Jazz came out quickly on a touchdown. They were driving and uh, in, and took a sorry, just they took a t- field goal, 70 10. Then they went for a chip shot, not a chip shot, sorry, but more of a squid kick type of uh, kickoff from the result touchdown. And uh, it gets returned for a touchdown to, to a fullback by the name of Beck, who I think he might have played in the Broncos. I just didn't even understand the nature of why you do that because all you do is kick it into the end zone. It's 70 10 in the third quarter. There's no need to be going away from the game plan. Something doesn't feel right. Doug Peterson last year was fantastic in the second half of the season, but the first half he was struggling. It seems to be the case again. They have to start it off very well. And it's a big one next week. It's like they're going to play the Falcons, obviously, are coming off and loss against, against the Lions on the road, and that didn't really materialise in a high-scoring game, which many would have thought. But for the Jags, Wembley's a home from home for them. I know they lost last year. They might get back on track next week. Yeah, and mo- uh, moving on to the NFC side of things, I think the well, the the big game in the late in the late kickoffs that we've all been keeping an eye on is uh, the Cardinals putting off a shock win against the the, the the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, personally, I'm I'm riding quite high on the Cardinals. I I'm so I don't know if I'm kind of rooting for them because everyone effectively talking down as if you know, Mike Florio was basically saying that the Cards are gonna throw games away this year because they almost they almost desperately want to get the 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 top seed or the the top draft pick. We know against against the Giants, they had a, a, a talk about a game of two halves, and not not only. I mean, obviously, we know the fact that uh, the Daniel Jones completely changed to a different human being for the Giants in the second half last week. But the Car- the Cardinals kind of had their part to play in throwing it away. That wasn't the case this time around. And not only that, I mean, the last in the last drive, their offensive touchdown was a result of just really well designed plays. There was that kind of little handoff there, the Zach Ertz, um. They're running the ball really well in the in the end when the uh, Dallas needed to to stop the run, you know they, they managed to get the first down and, and close out the game before the two minute warning was even done. So in, in, before we we get on to Dallas and I guess the impact of uh, of losing Diggs in the defensive side of the ball, you know uh, are the Cardinals why why are the Cardinals so much better than we thought they'd be? I think. We didn't give this coach an opportunity. We didn't give him a chance. Uh, with Johnson Gannon kind of left Philadelphia with another kind of 
scrutiny over his performance in the Super Bowl and even throughout the course of the last season, I know a few Eagles fans, as, as good as they were, they were still a little bit uncomfortable with the defensive coordinator. And some of the coverage coming in over the offseason just looked like a big mess. It looked like a mess from the front office down. What's been very evident in the first three games, they've started so quickly. They started so quickly against against the commanders. Uh, they got a touchdown on defense. Couldn't really move the ball properly in, that, in the course of that game. That was a road game. Be interesting to see what they're like now when they go back on the road next week. And then last week, you, you touched on the comeback, but it was 28-7 with six minutes to go in the third quarter. It wasn't like they didn't even play well in the second half at all offensively and the Giants completely took over the case. Game three, that wasn't the case. Giants essentially was there. They scored touchdown after touchdown. The Cardinals got a touchdown in the second half. The game was there for them tonight. I said on the show the other day, I picked the Cowboys. I think we all thought the Cowboys were winning, but I did say, let's not take away from well, it was a bad loss the way they kind of the Giants rallied back. And let's not get away from the fact how, how well they played for an hour's part of the game. And tonight, they played really well. And defensively, they were really impressive. They had two red zone stops. You know, um, Cowboys went for a fourth down, couldn't punch it in. Obviously, then there was an interception late on in the game. Cowboys, for me, just looked a bit flat. It didn't look like they went in. I, I'm surprised complacency was used. I saw complacency being used by Dallas on Bearing in mind what happened last year with the Giants. I would have thought that was a reason for the Cavs. I thought the Cowboys would have benefited more from last week's game because they would have realised we can't go in and be complacent. But they were, they were flat, they allowed the Cardinals to get out to a lead. And this week, the Cardinals' defence was able to secure the win and withstand the comeback. And it's a huge win for them. And it's great for Gannon, it's great for Cardinals fans because, as you said, even the likes of Larry and others weren't giving them a chance. And this is the Cowboys, this is what sums up the Cowboys. They're as strong as they are, right side. When it comes to the end of the season and you're looking at where you are in the you know in the, in the pecking order going into the playoffs, losses like that kill you. You know I know it's week three, but when you look back at the end of the season, you've lost in Arizona, and that's a killer. Yeah, and we're lo- looking at Arizona's schedule. They play against the San Francisco 49ers next week, which is quite a bit difficult. But I think the Cardinals kind of uh, remind me of the Lions at this time last year, where I guess people weren't weren't expecting too much, but it's a case where they may never be a favorite in the game, but you never want to play them because you never know what they can come up with. Dallas, meanwhile, it's just, um, is there much that we can read into the fact that that kind of uh, near near the end of the game, Dak Prescott threw an interception at a moment where he really needed to lead his team into, uh, you know, back against the wall. This is what elite quarterbacks do. You're you're against a, a opponent that you're fancy to beat and you throw an interception and effectively just lose control of the game there. Is that, you know, is, is, is does that pretty much sum up to, I guess, the, the ceiling that Dak Prescott is and how far the Cowboys can go because we're talking a lot about the Cowboys as being potential NFC uh, championship contenders in the last couple of weeks especially with the hype after them, they beat the two New York teams but I don't know today when I, when I saw the interception I was thought oh well, here we go again this is this is, this is is the hype where they start beating up on bad teams and then the cycle of Dallas goes again where they realise that maybe they aren't as good as they think they are no, and I, I agree with you 100%. Like, this is the problem with, with Dak, and then this is why you always see people saying, Dak's a great quarterback, but I wouldn't have him as my quarterback because he's not that upper echelon's top five, which is probably unfair. But this is, like we saw in the playoff game against the Niners when they were driving, he chose an interception. You see tonight in the key spot in the game, he chose an interception. Cowboys fans will reflect on the, the play prior to that, which was, you know, called for, for um, passing the first only for the flag to be picked up. They'll argue that. The interception doesn't happen if they get that call. Why is the flag picked up? Um, it'd be interesting to see how he reacts on this as well because, like, Dak, you know, Dak's great when he's full of confidence, but when he has, like, glitches in his game, 
like today where he hasn't played well. They couldn't get that run game going. Like, this is another team. Mike McCarthy came in. He wanted to move away from this expansive offense. He had on the Kenneth Moore in terms of throwing and that. And uh, he couldn't get Pollard going. They weren't, the rookies seemed to have more of a, a better game than Pollard did. So it'd be interesting. But people tomorrow will, and come Tuesday will all be jumping on. This is why we don't see Dak Prescott and New Bernestrians because when it comes to crunch times, like two, two, two red zone appearances and they can't, can't punch in the ear, that kind of gives them more weight for the conversation. Yeah, moving on to the guys that the Cowboys have to face next week, the New England Patriots. And obviously as a Patriots fan, I'm somewhat relieved that we managed to, to get this win on the road in New York. It's Again, it's it's um, it was needed from, uh, from our point of view, but somewhat expected. Not necessarily because of anything that the Patriots are doing particularly well. It's because on the other side of, of the field, we're playing against Zach Wilson. I mean, at the Jets, it, it, it wasn't particularly high scoring a game. For those who maybe don't know, it was only 15-10 to New England in the end. Uh, do the Jets really have much hope with Zach Wilson leading the charge? I don't believe they do, but even straight after the game, Prescott was, um, again, Robert Salah is you know, convincing in his in his beliefs around the fact that he's going to support uh, Wilson and he's going to continue to you know maintain him as their quarterback. The harsh reality is, and we said out in the shoulder today, I picked the Jets in this game, or maybe I was a bit deluded. I thought gradually over three or four games, he surely at some stage he has to become a, you know, a serviceable quarterback that can allow the defense to flourish. Like the defense gives up fifteen points and they don't find a way to win. You know, I know if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, which many thought he would be for the season, if he would stand the fifteen point defensive, you know, you're going to win the game. I don't know where to go from here, really, because they play the Chiefs next week. And, like, I know the Chiefs just put a, a beat down on the Bears, so you could argue this is not a really a very strong side they're against. I've seen gradually over the last two weeks that the Chiefs are just slowly starting to come back to the form that we, we know they're capable of. And to go in there on Sunday Night Football, tough them. And then I don't think it gets any easier to cut the Eagles before the bye week, and then they have the New York the New York New York game straight after the bye week, then things aren't going to get any easier. I still I'm still convinced at some stage I just have to draw a halt to this because you can't tank with with a team that they have. Like I know if they were to go one and six, other teams would say, right, we're done for the season. This team can't. Not with the players they have both on offense and defense. Not what they put together and what they've worked on on off season that they're being the team that everyone spoke about, good or bad. You know, you got your hard knocks. This is a team that everybody expected to be back in the playoffs. And a long way for Jets fans. I don't think they're going to sell for just watching Zach Wilson's quarterback all year. I think they're going to have to figure out a plan some stage and bring in a quarterback to challenge him and potentially take over. It's just not, it's not good enough to, it's not good enough for Jets fans. It's not good enough for NFL fans to be watching the week in, week out when we know that the quality of players that they have available to yeah, well, uh, uh, on the Patriots' point of view, I think it's it's a case of just a win is a win. I don't think any, anybody's getting really excited about the way things have been running here. I mean, I was I was sort of caught glimpse of it, and every time Mac Jones had the ball, I just didn't see enough ambition to actually do uh, the kind of exciting things you expect from from uh, or that would be expected from a team that are showing the confidence that they can go and make the playoffs. Uh, you know, considering all the hype around the AFC East before the season, it's pretty much. A case of two divisions. You've got the the Bills and the Dolphins who are playing fantastic, the Jets and the Patriots. Who I think today was just a battle of just to see who who um, offensively, particularly because I think both of these teams, the, the defenses are better than the offense. Um, but in saying that, I mean, Mac, the thing about Mac Jones is he might not necessarily light, light up the world, but he's he's tidy. He was fifteen for twenty nine today, got two hundred and one yards and passed for a touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott uh, ran for eighty yards, which I think is his best performance in the Patriots jersey. Not that that's saying much. So, it, 
is there hope for, for the Patriots going into the playing against the Dallas Cowboys next week? I don't think so. But, you know, is there is is, is there something to build on from winning in New York today? Defensively, by and large, they've been sound enough in the, in the games in which they played. Like, you go up against an Eagles team in the week one, the game was 81. They held it. Dolphins, bearing in mind what we've seen from the Dolphins. The Dolphins still have good numbers, but still held them to 24 points. And the Mac Jones beats for me, I'm not convinced. I don't think any Patriots fan is convinced. Like the number you touched on there, I read the start because the touchdown was a 60, 70, 65 yard run or something to that effect. It was a, it was a long touchdown. So that almost takes a big chunk of your yards in terms of the overall numbers at the end of the game. I find it difficult to see how they can live with the Cowboys next week. The Cowboys will have to obviously react to the loss. And can they, can they keep up with them? That's ultimately what it's going to be about. And for me, I think there's a bigger conversation for the Patriots coming at the end of the season. Patriots are going to be like what you said earlier on, earlier on in the off-season change. They'll, they'll win enough games. That's a respectable season. But teams, teams are going to have to change. It's, I don't think it's, I don't think Mac Jones is, is the answer for the for Patriots fans. But um, he'll do a job in the likes of today's games and find that way, ways to navigate wins. But also when he comes up against the, the operation also in the league, he'll struggle. No, I think the thing with him is he's quick at getting the ball out of the pocket. But then where where is he throwing to? He's throwing to somebody beside him. But anyway, that, that that's enough about that. I think moving on to... Uh, to a game, I guess we, everyone's kind of talking about whether or not Brandon say to keep his job for another week because every, every week the Chargers seem to play in a close game, and every week the Chargers seem to lose a close game. But today they actually won it, and not only did they win a close game, they won a close game against a team that were kings at winning the close games last season. But the Vikings have now lost seven in a row, if you include preseason and postseason. Um, so I guess to start off with, uh, with with the Vikings, I know they they kind of. They fell a bit further behind and they built into the game later on. Um, you know, is is a uh, is Kirk Cousins uh, done? What's what's going on with, with the Vikings here? Uh, what's what's the big drop off from last season? Uh, Cousins is not playing at the at the level we saw last year. As as good as what our players are, like tonight's Jefferson and all, like Cousins was had a much better season last year. He started off the season. I like to, he started off slowly. He was very, you know, very. Average in the first game against the Bucks and how it improved last week against the Vi- sorry against the Eagles on the road. But tonight, the first half again, it was back to what we saw in Week One. How he was, you know, interceptions, bad play, fumbles, no cohesion in the offense. Took a while to get going, and gradually they came back into the game and looked like they were going to win. And then again, they just allowed the Chargers to come back into it. To me, it was it was a game riddled with mistakes by both sides. I mean, the Chargers went for. They had some interceptions as well in the game, and then they went for it on fourth down on that twenty around twenty yard line, and the Vikings got the ball and they, they obviously stopped them and they couldn't punish them in the end. They couldn't get it in. If they had got that in, surely Brandon Staley would have been. You would have been sacked for it, or whatever. Would you want to use by 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 close the business tomorrow because you'd be up by four points with a minute and a half to go and go for it, your own twenty and not make it. And to give the team, the other team, essentially the, the opportunity with timeouts to win the game. Chargers have navigated the victory. They've kind of done things. That the, the, the Vikings have done things in which the Chargers have done and so on over the past two weeks. I mean, the Chargers were in position when week one and week two and they couldn't get it done. For their own sake and to keep their season alive, they've managed to get over the line in this one. They play the Raiders next week at home and all of a sudden if they win that, they're two and two and pressure eases slightly on Brandon Stadium. But I don't think Chargers fans will be getting carried away with the victory because of the nature of the game unfolds a lot of mistakes on both sides. For the Vikings, it's, it's a struggle. You know, you've got, you've got the Lions 2-1. The Packers have come back from a 
17 point deficit to beat the Saints they're about 2-1 and, and you've got the Vikings at 0-3 and there's stuff for games to go and they haven't even started really getting stuck into the, the divisional games a lot of people felt the Vikings would nail off compared to what we saw last year I, I didn't buy into it but it's hard to see how they're going to recover now and the columnist suggested that Kirk Cousins could be one that the Jets would consider for a trade I mean is it against the rounds of possibility if the season's over that someone makes a trade bearing in mind he's a free agent to come to the end of the season we won't, probably won't call him rightly called it something to consider and keep an eye on yeah maybe it, uh, it might be time for Kirk Cousins to kind of jump that ship and try things with the New York offense that has been built for a relatively similar style quarterback in Aaron Rodgers I think and I think you're right in saying about, about the Vikings I mean having to live with the Packers who I think have been better than expected and the Lions who are the Lions as, who are as good as we expected means that you know their path to the playoffs is is closing incredibly quick being 0-3 um, it just makes things incredibly difficult even in the NFC which is probably isn't as difficult to make it a likes of a wildcard spot as the AFC on the Chargers side of the ball I just want to highlight just the the offense that they have to work with yet they still manage to even when they win or they win close I mean Justin Herbert was 40 for 47 threw for 405 yards and three touchdowns I mean that's just incredible quarterback play as we almost seem, seem to always see with the Chargers and you know, the potential to win games just not always drawn out. And I think, like you like you mentioned, they play against the Raiders next week. The fact that it's in Los Angeles probably means there's going to be more Raiders fans there than Chargers fans, as is uh, always the case in the West Coast. But just, you know, we were kind of tipping the Chargers as being if there's somebody in the AFC West that could properly challenge the Chiefs, it would be them. Do they, is there a path where, or is there a possibility where maybe they can be a little bit like the Bengals last year, start 0-2, but then get into a really good rhythm or... Um, or but it's a, is are these Chargers effectively just got to always be in these close games and probably fall out on the wrong side of them? They've got all the talents. I don't think anybody is is against the fact that there is the app available to me. It's just they find ways and they navigate it. Losses when they, they should have victories. It'll be that's down to the coaching and around the stadium and the way he goes about things. But um, can they go on a run? Yes. Can they make the playoffs? Yet yeah. are we convinced by it? No. Like they're in. They got to play the Raiders next week. They've got they've got the Broncos twice. The way the Broncos season is appearing, that people would argue their wins and they navigate victories. They always seem to play the Chiefs close. If they get split out with the Chiefs, they'll find their way to the playoffs. But they're always going to be up against it, in my opinion, because of the coaching. And they'll find ways to give games away with two or three minutes to go that they really should have had. They really should have had last week's game in Tennessee. The, the, you could argue they should have had the game against the Dolphins and Chargers fans would say we should be three and zero. Here they are at one and two, and as I said, if they win next week, the pressure will, will lessen on that coach. But would it surprise you if they have it? You know, if they lay an egg next week and get beaten? No, because it's just that's the nature. The Chargers and for Chargers fans to say we've been here before, let's not get carried away. Yeah, you never can tell with Jimmy G. Uh, I guess before we sign off, is there any any other things that kind of stand out for for you over at the course of Sunday's games? I'll just jump into the NFC North before we close out with two games in particular. The Lions were very dominant against the Falcons. A lot of people were in the Falcons to go three and oh. I had to, I had gone with the Lions. I was convinced that got from the college, but it wasn't to the to, at the game, the rate in which we saw we expected high scoring game because of the nature of how well these offenses have played. And it wasn't to be the key case thing finished twenty six, you know, it was a very game offensive display by the Falcons. And then I just jump over to Tenambo and Jordan Love because the game changer for me was Derek Carr getting injured. Derek Carr's being a firmer shoulder injury. Looks like he's going to miss some time, which is unfortunate because there were 70 and 0, 70 and they up and cruising. He gets injured. And various James Winston came in and was serviceable, but 
fourth quarter, Packers come back, go for a two-point conversion, win 18-70, and that's only going to help Jordan over, in particular by the fact it was his first home game as a starter in Lambeau. So, huge win for the Packers. The Saints will be wondering how they lost it because for three and a half quarters, they were so dominant. But a big win for the Packers. And just, again, this just shows what the NFL is. You can never write any team off, even with six or seven minutes to go in a game. It's it's bizarre how, how, it, how it turns out, how it transpires. But another great week of action. And uh, looking forward to next week already. Yeah, I know. It's next week. We are, we're heading to week four. And London is calling for the Jaguars and the Falcons. Thank you very much, Brian, for uh, for uh, giving us re- your reaction from all the action around the uh, around the NFL. Please make sure you you like and follow the Irish NFL Show on YouTube on wherever you get your podcasts and listen to all of our analysis and content throughout the week. Uh, I've been Shane Brennan, and thank you very much for tuning in.